And that's the end of the song. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Welcome to Cinematographologically Speaking. Uh, my name is Troy. And we've got... Stephen. Jacob. Tanner. Brody. Awesome. Unfortunately, John cannot be with us today. He is busy. <laughs> <laughs> um so today we are talking about forgive my pronunciation vivre sa vie directed by godard it's vivre is, that, is it godard vivre. sound right godard yes godard is all by goddard <laughs> uh, 1962 um okay i guess we'll do initial thoughts and then we'll sort of start talking about something. Um, I was a little okay. underwhelmed. And I basically have this sense that, like, Godard is a little above my pay grade or something. Uh, like, it's... Wait. Huh? What does that mean? Just, like, um, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem to connect with me. I'm not, like, even that engaged watching it. I feel like there's some kind of substantial disconnect between me and the film when I'm watching it. And, uh, okay. like, I feel like I basically am just leveraging a lot of faith in Godard slash, like, the world cinema community when they all, like, praise him all this, you know, so much. And I'm looking at, like, the incongruity between what everyone says and my experience, and I'm figuring, you know probably above my head or something because i don't really want to like write him off or anything and i liked his other film i've seen uh pierre lefou uh and i watched a little bit of like uh some kind of commentary or something criterion has this like uh like commentary uh and it, i i listened to like five minutes of it and i had to go but it sounded interesting so i don't know you know but that's me mm. um i had already seen the movie so this is my second viewing I think it's very good. I've seen uh, three of his works, Pierrot Le Fou, uh, Breathless, and this. And I would say this is certainly the best of the three. Uh, and I would say I'm most emotionally connected to this one as opposed to the other two. So when you said uh, that you felt a little distant, Troy, mm -hmm. I, uh, I can agree that there's moments where it's pretty distancing, um, but... In general, as far as Godard goes, like this is for me so far the most intimate, and I liked it. I'm uh, I'm more on board with Troy on this one. I didn't feel very much connection uh, to this film. Uh, Color me surprised. Another wayward person in modern society feeling alienated, going in circles. You know, tons of sort of nihilism and a tragic ending very i'm very surprised my my face my mouth was gaping wide open when uh this is the sort of film we decided to watch <laughs> that you voted on yeah i was a victim of the of the electoral process the rigged election. <laughs> yeah uh i don't have the same strong emotions as jacob but I I was also very underwhelmed with it. Um, it's my third Godard. I've seen Breathless and Contempt, 
this is definitely my favorite of the three, but like Troy said, I've I've always been sort of dumbfounded at his praise. Not that I don't see it, but I just don't necessarily get it. Um, but nevertheless, this was probably my favorite one that I've seen of him so far. So I'm trending more towards Steven's side. I really liked watching the film. I felt engaged. Um, like most noir films, I did have sort of a comfy element to it. It's very like visually appealing to me, not just because I found the person very attractive, but I also <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> I just kind of like Kuma. the the look of it. Um, and yeah, I I I think I would say that I I liked the film. That's it. I did, I liked it. We'll leave it at that. All right. I liked the uh, the scene in the cinema, as I think. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's like one of the more famous scenes in the movie. Um, yeah, her uh, the the actress's breakout role, I think, was in a film like that, uh, where there wasn't any sound. There was just like there's pictures, and then the dialogue was just like a subsequent dialogue yeah. on the screen yeah silent um film, yeah. yeah silent film there you go thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah she i mean it looks like she got her breakout with godard she was a model beforehand and then uh her first role after talking to godard a little bit was in a role a movie called the little soldier uh, and I don't care enough to look up if it's a sound film or not. But uh, I don't think so. It's 63. Anyway, yeah. She is like, uh, I think she's way more attractive in Pierre LeFou than in this film. Whoa. Just pointing it out. I thought she looked really good in this movie, but I thought she was worlds more attractive in Pierre LeFou. Just throwing it out there. You know, if we how the fuck do I spell that? Maybe maybe I'm a maybe I'm a sucker for a, a tragic heroine or something like that. E girl, definitely. She's yeah, much more of an e girl. I'm I'm no she I'm is some very beautiful in this, and I'd say more so than in Pierrot. Uh, she's I don't know. Yeah, Pierrot. Pierrot. She's like. Never mind. I love e girls. I was gonna say I've been looking at a picture of currently, and she is not really aged all that well no she looks she's <laughs> she's looking bad of, well i mean she's she's, she's kind of now gob- past kind of goblin-esque she's oh, she's dead but now. a wonderful she died in like woman. 2018 wonderful yeah but I, I too was looking i was too was looking at images in her later years which <laughs> appears to be that she only went outside like maybe once as an older person because like all of them all the images where she looks really bad i think it was like the same day <laughs> and there, all of them were articles about her death. Uh, I don't well, know if you're noticing dead? that, but on Google Images, yeah, 2018. I just oh, said that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you killed her. Listen. Troy. Well, color me surprised. A bunch of dudes watch a French film. All they can talk about is how the woman isn't hot anymore. <laughs> um. Anyway, I just wanted to okay, just to add to what I was saying. I, I sensed a significant pickup in engagement. Uh, between myself and the film in the second half. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt much more interested. It just seemed to become a lot more interesting. Yada, yada. But does someone have some kind of 
idea we can try and follow? <laughs> well, we can... I mean, I think that the way Godard structures it at the very beginning, where you only see the back of them, right? Mm -hmm. This seems mm -hmm. like a pretty clear take. Uh, there is like a, you know, the director's trying to generate some sort of distance between you and them. Uh, you don't ever see their face until afterwards and they start playing pinball at the end of the scene, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, let's see, what happens right after that? What's the scene after that? I'm trying to create a timeline. They play, of... they play pinball? Uh-huh. They step outside. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, they play pinball well, with the extremely, you know, with the with the quote at the end from the father's essays or something like that, the father's students' essays, the children write. Oh, yeah, the bird. And it's it's something about the outside, the inside, and then the soul, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's probably, uh, there's probably something to that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and something, you know, I found interesting is she says, like, the same thing like multiple times the very first like scene yeah um and she's like oh i was just like trying to say it the right way or something like that do you remember it was like i'm yes i was just trying to i was just yes. trying to say it correctly and yes. then one of the final scenes with the philosopher um which i think was one of my most uh i think it was my favorite scene from the film mm -hmm. Outside of when she became free will pilled, because I love free will. I love free will. Um, was, but the inseparability from like words and thoughts, and I I, I sense some sort of connection there between the first set of dialogue and effectively the last set of dialogue. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know if there's anything more to like pull on that or anything. Uh, the line, just I pulled it up about the bird. A bird is an animal with an inside and an outside. Take away the outside and the inside is left. Take away the inside and you see its soul. Just for what it's worth. I, I definitely get a lot of sense of... Uh, I might be exposing myself as like a suit here, but like a lot of French philosophy, specifically like postmodern-esque um, philosophy in this film. Like, in the, like, bit about the words, I was, like, thinking about Derrida, even though he references Hegel and Kant specifically. But those two, at least Kant, you can kind of consider postmodern. But the uh, the whole film definitely felt very, like, postmodern to me because mostly of its, like, filming style. Because when I was watching the way that the camera was moving about the scenes, I became like a very aware that this was like being filmed specifically in that scene where she's talking to, I guess he's like a pimp or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the camera is moving back and forth between the back of his head and then over his right shoulder and over his left shoulder. Yeah. Like, so, like I became very aware of it being filmed as compared to a lot of other dialogue scenes where when I'm watching it, you kind of get like a filmic language in your head of how they typically go. And then when you're really used to that filming style, it almost, the editing and the filming and the shots almost like sort of fade away. Um, and that definitely wasn't the case. And a lot, I think a lot of scenes were like that. Like the tracking scene in the record store and yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm qualified to comment on the postmodern commentary, but I'm not so sure, like, or at least 
with regards to like you're bringing up it's super the film brings attention to itself in that conversation and mm-hmm. in a couple conversations like the conversation steven mentioned the first one where we can't see their faces and it's you know the the camera's position constantly obfuscates you know the view we wish we had um i'm pretty sure just about every conversation is filmed differently um, hmm. like every conversation between two people is filmed with like a whole different strategy. There's ones where it moves back and forth, like the one you're talking about. There's ones from the back. There's ones from the front where it's, you know, cut, you know, uh, what's it called? Like cut reverse shot or whatever it is. Um, it almost seems like, like the whole movie is just experimenting with different ways of showing people talking because each one is filmed yeah. in some different way. Some you don't notice so much because it's more classically filmic, like you're saying, and others, it's clearly like experimenting and thus drawing attention to itself. Mm-hmm. She does that and, double uh, take multiple times throughout, uh, or not the double take, but like she'll start a sentence and then stop and then say the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. There's one mm-hmm. uh, I should have. Uh, yeah, found I think I know what you're talking before. about. But yeah, there's one like really decisive time that that happens. I think it's somewhere in the middle, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like brought, it's like talked about by character, like because at first it, it ha- I think it happens like two or three times where it just seems like it's starting over, but, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not. But and the character is like, "What are you saying?" or something, and yeah. she's like, "What does she say?" Does anyone know what we're talking about? Not exactly. Um, I don't no. know the specific moment you're talking about. She, I think she, I think, I think she says like, "I just wanted to say it right," or "I wanted to say it like yeah. that." Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that was the beginning. the beginning. But there's yeah. also other. There's other. There's other times where it's done, and I. I just don't know which times. Mm. Um, I think a similar statement is made a couple times, and I mean, if we knew more, maybe anybody here knows more. I don't know, but there's so much attention to language, and I think the comments about postmodernism is like almost correct. Not to say I have much more information at all. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's definitely there's definitely like a semiotic approach to this movie, like a, or rather you can conduct like a semiotic analysis of things, and there is something about how she's frustrated she can't say what she feels, mm-hmm. and uh, and she has a hard time, and like people don't even take her uh, dream quite as seriously as uh, she does, and she at times she takes it more seriously than other times, mm-hmm. um, and so there is just this kind of uh, difficulty symbolizing one's uh, like emotions or thoughts and study of that. And in linguistics and in psychoanalysis was huge in the '60s. I don't know about postmodern. Maybe maybe Dare does here. I don't know. But like, I I definitely don't see like, uh, like, I don't know. Like a lot of the cliches of postmodernism actually. Um, so, so philosophically the, speaking, I mean, so the the two cliches I see was it's sort of tragic ending. The ending felt a bit postmodern to me, and um like direction towards language definitely feels a little bit postmodern to me that you know that's not completely accurate um but also i was getting senses of it being a little bit of a meta commentary especially since like this person is trying to be an actress and like there are things that like feel like retake of scenes except like in real life uh, most notably the beginning um scene where she's like repeating herself. Um, I don't know if the ending. Sorry. Yeah, I I mean like 
the ending, if you're going to lump that as postmodern and think that a postmodern trope, that's like saying that like the crucifixion is like postmodern trope. Like, what? Mm-hmm. like, like the, I don't think I don't think that like a tragic ending is postmodern, and I also don't think this ending is like I think it. You know, there's clearly analogies to her being uh, raised, you know, at the stake or whatever, crucified or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. And she takes on like a symbolic purpose for that reason. In fact, she like gives herself up to the symbolic or something like that. The ending mm, seems but, super. But we'll have to start talking about things more specifically, probably. Oh, but go on. I hope not. But the ending, the <laughs> ending seems super self-aware to me. Like in a way that, like it, in a way that distinguishes it from some kind of classic tragic ending. It seemed more like, like oh, watch me employ this classic changing ending. Like of course we've got the you know, the prostitute down on her luck, down on her luck, you know, consumed by the world. And you know, killed over some like money disagreement and some like seemingly not a big deal. Like I don't know, it, it, it yeah. seems like classic noir. Seems like, uh, but but it, I don't know. It just to me at the time, I literally like guffawed or whatever. It felt so absurd and self aware. I don't know. I definitely agree that it's uh, absurd, but I and think I think that. Uh, I think I can resonate with the film community when they say that they think there's there's more going on here. Oh, for sure. And that the ending the ending is not just like this yeah. absurd tread, you know. Yeah, 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 I'm with it. I think I'm I'm just saying okay. I'm just saying I think it's maybe more self aware than than like I don't know some film from the like I don't know either 1940s or like a a true a true bred noir film isn't so as you know does this make sense? Uh, maybe. Okay. I have an, I, maybe, a yeah. different comment maybe we'll just to make. I do think that the movie is meta, but only in the sense. I don't think it's nearly as much so about making a movie. Of course, maybe it, that becomes lumped in here because the meta nature of it is. I think that it is like largely about. I don't know, like something like the human condition and our ability to, you know, uh, what what we grow attached to, you know, all these sorts of things, uh, what things come to mean to us, uh, what it means when, like, uh, things no longer mean what they used to mean, and then you give yourself up to that. And there's some sort of commentary, like sociological commentary about, like, capitalism versus the person. There there are lots of, like, large-scale, like, sociological criticisms going on that aren't really about the character nearly as much. Hmm. Um, and uh, right. I don't know how well I could put those into words, but I would try as we it, we move through the movie like chronologically or something. I'd be hyped to hear you tell a story about one of those points. Because uh, right now yeah. all I'm seeing is like a huge focus on like the semiotics or just like communication as a primary theme and like some meta discussion of like film as communication. And like all these experiments with like different ways of shooting dialogue and different ways of showing characters in ways that are like bring attention to the fact that it's a film. And you know, to me, like the, the relationship between be, wanting to be a film star and prostitution, to me, that like had some sort of connection there, which is also why I got a sense of like self-awareness or meta commentary um but it seems to me that you have a much different idea of what the connection there could potentially be uh give it to us yeah like i said 
like I said, I don't actually think I have like a cogent view of the whole thing, right? Just, pre- right. just pretend you uh, do. <laughs> so I'm immediately like drawn to the so like if we think about the movie being in the 60s uh, French psychoanalysis was really popular in the 60s as well as like semiotics and so we're, we're right to see this emphasis on language in particular like uh, someone's like subjective subjectivity is limited by their inability to uh, symbolize things you know like mm-hmm. turn things into words, language used broadly speaking, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and I think also around this time, the term "the gaze" is uh, is like uh, probably becoming popular, or like this film obviously uh, tries to capture what the gaze is uh, at multiple times, and the gaze is uh, like you know a film theory idea. Uh, but it also has to do with like a, it's also like a psychoanalytic idea. It might be other things too. It might just be a philosophical idea. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's there's something. That, so we can't. While while it might be we might be quick to say oh it's postmodern because I don't know like it's self-referential or like we become aware that we're watching a movie. I think that's not good because for instance there in it in movies today in many movies today we take that for granted. The gaze is a moment where you become aware as a spectator again, and you realize that you've been led along this series of events, and it retroactively alters everything that has occurred. Like the most obvious cases are um, like in noir movies, for instance, if we as the spectator are aware that something is going to go, like maybe maybe in a, noir, a typical noir movie, we see a woman cheat on her husband or something like that, but nobody else has seen it. And then we see them like it's this traditional like detective story or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then at some point we we see like the two hugging or something like that or like uh, a, a different couple hugging and it's with the woman who's had an affair. And so we as the viewer feel some Ugh, like, oh, oh, you know, mm-hmm. because we're aware of something that could only <laughs> be shown, you know, through this omnipotent view. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in these noir movies, there would be a moment where the uh, the person who who we've adopted the psyche of who is not aware that this affair has occurred we get we both get to take on their person because we've been adopting their psyche the whole time their perspective we see them uh they see that this woman has had an affair maybe they find a letter or something like that right that like says they've had an affair like on a desk or something and they connect all the dots and so like this is just this crazy moment where you're supposed to feel this like rush of things and so the shot would normally focus on like a face or something like that. Right. And their face is your face, is the movie's face, is like, you know, the idea of like revelation, manipulation, things like that. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. how your subjectivity was like placed into several different people's at once uh, that only like a movie could really do for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with it, I definitely think that's going on in some cases here. Um, maybe there's even this meta idea that we clearly know things are going to go poorly as as we realize that she's turning towards this life of prostitution about halfway through, we know things are going to go poorly. Things are not just going to turn up. Yeah. Maybe that's like we, we're bringing that with us, I think, but I think it's fair to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this absurd moment at the end uh, is experimental or is absurd in the sense that we don't actually get this like fun moment of like of juicy, like, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, intertwining of subjectivities between us the director and the character instead it's uh it's just this guffaw moment like you said and there's probably some uh some sort of like experimental work at that like trying to create like create the 
worst possible gaze you can imagine where like you realize you've been watching this movie and you even want to like disregard it for a moment because it's not it's like such a ridiculous ending you know yeah uh, yeah it's particularly like it's particularly alien like when you think about like noir i don't know why noir keeps coming up i mean it, it, but like noir films when you know like like chinatown have you guys seen chinatown yes no, i like have classic crazy enough classic representative you know uh just like yeah when 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 the when the woman dies in the end or or you know something like this it's usually like yeah like you're talking about this big coming together moment where you know a lot of different ties come together and what the detective's been investigating and yada 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 but here it's like okay yeah the pimp we know him but we don't know who these other guys are we don't know what's really going on she was going there or, or you know the last we heard from her is she wanted to quit or whatever like we're just as confused as she is. Right. It's basically an alien location, alien characters except for one, and like it's not clear what negotiations went on beforehand and what the plan is and blah blah blah. It's just oops, and it doesn't like I it, like and it, I don't know about you guys, but it seemed totally confusing to me why they even kill her, because it seems like right. they really yeah, they go was. out of their way to kill her. It's so like I think it's obvious enough to take it as a choice that it is confusing as to why she even dies in the first place like they seem to short him money and then and they all just start shooting her <laughs> and then it's like you know it all feels so like arbitrary and like random and frivolous and uh she definitely seems very like victim to some capacity to like this whole scenario mm -hmm. um which seems to run in contrast with her being like ultra free will pilled um sort of in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like wondering maybe if this could perhaps be a, some form of like criticism of that idea, or maybe it is like an attempt to bolster it in some sort of strange way. Because uh, uh, I, I definitely got a lot of feelings that a lot of these things were going over my head and that what was required of me was like understanding a lot more of like French culture, French filmmaking at the time. Yeah. And also like the general, uh, like philosophical concepts that were floating around in that, in that time period, because, you know, for like French sixties, you know, like a lot of intellectuals were coming out around in that, in that time. And I don't think the film, makes any it, to me it seems clear that that was some there's something some influence whether it be like consciously or unconsciously was being taken from the sort of like ethos of those ideas surrounding um in that time period if, for sure if i could i don't know i haven't spoken at all i'd kind of like to go for it hop in here um, but, uh, so, yeah, like, first Brody was talking about this idea that, like, the tragic ending could be related to, like, sort of postmodern outlook. Now, like, there's nothing about the tragic ending, which is itself postmodern, as you guys pointed out, right? Um, like, and, and it is even, like, somewhat of a trope to have in a movie like this, uh, something, you know, bad happen at the end of it, given the situation she's put herself in but like the dis distinguishing factor which makes this maybe more postmodern 
is like what you said, like the focus on subjectivity and like there's a sort of a reverence throughout the whole film where you're just kind of viewing uh, you're viewing her perspective in the situation and there's the focus on language and how you know you're just sort of viewing her sort of subject subjective interpretation of events so like the ending is in itself yeah it, like like the the absurdity or like the nihilism in the ending you might say isn't itself postmodern but it, it is kind of like a it's kind of like the stereotypical result of this sort of line of thinking but i still don't think it's like a a uh a like a marker of this sort of thing i think that lies in the rest of the movie where you know like you guys said you're kind of you're alienated from the full context um and yeah i mean like this era there, there's for sure like a all these you know thinkers coming out in this era which could influence the film and like additionally politically like there was like lots of unrest in france mm. in in the 60s especially among young people and so there's like this scene where she's talking to the old man and he's talking about how you know you don't know what you want when you're 20 and she she's like oh well how do you know truth and is love truth whatever and he's saying, you know, you have to toil and go through error to find truth. And that that's kind of representative, I feel, of probably how the youth felt in France at that time. Um, just kind of, you know, classic, classic wayward youth trying to find meaning through it all. There's definitely an influence there. But in her death, I, I there's like the scene where she's in the theater and she's watching the movie where the woman uh she like she, oh, she yeah. believes in god and the men are saying like we're here to kill you we're here to you know right. whatever and like but there's no way that you still believe in god like in this moment we're like we're here to kill you and she says something about like oh like i have to like i'm his you know son or whatever mm -hmm. uh and you could like maybe that perspective is taken on throughout the film where she's engaging in all these uh like cursed and ultimately like doomed maybe acts in becoming a prostitute and not being able to afford stuff um and so but like she still has like this inner belief that she's gonna like find truth or like find god through it all even like even when she's encountered with this these like situations i don't know she like she never like falters hmm. uh but yeah. Uh, do you guys recall the scene before she's shot? Oh, firstly, shout out to the montage scene. When Troy was talking about how dialogue had been approached in like a unique way each time. The documentary? There's like some... I'm sorry, what? The doc... Sorry, you're talking about the documentary just... section? Like where, uh, the, where the guy yeah. describes prostitution? Right, it's also a montage of her in various acts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and I really liked that part. Yeah. Uh, just as a side note, but uh, it's crazy. And I thought it. I thought about my enjoyment when you mentioned uh, the different approaches to dialogue because it is a dialogue and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Real, sorry, just real quickly, that dialogue of the prostitution discussion where the guy's explaining how it works is mm -hmm. uh, quoted from. A sociological study in France about prostitution and how it works. 
Right. And I was hmm. going to and I was going to uh, add on to Jacob because um, he mentioned the uh, civil unrest in the 60s in France. Um, I believe now my dates could be wrong, but there is also around this time extreme push for sexual liberation slash uh, like to legalize prostitution. Yeah. And all sorts of other uh, sexual permissions and things like that. Mm. Um, and so I'm sure that this movie like both gathered that energy and maybe have just just acted as you know a great locus for all that energy and so that's one one reason it's seen as such a testament to the times right mm-hmm. also um, something that's left out is there were actually there was there were like riots in france in paris in 1947 mm-hmm. which is also when this movie is set so i don't mm-hmm. know very much about it but like you know, if if French people are watching this movie, they might know the context of like the oh, it's like the nineteen forty seven like to the to the French yeah. audience listening on your iPod shuffles, reach out to us, <laughs> and let us know the because uh, an interesting comment that I found that I didn't understand was when she was like in the cafe and like those fools got shot, and then when she when he was she was talking to the prostitution guy and then she raul and she was like oh yeah i I met you like right before those criminals got shot and he he goes no they're not criminals like it they did those things for political reasons and she was just like okay and uh, i thought that was interesting to me that was definitely something something that was current at at the time that i had no understanding of what Mm -hmm. is actually going on which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, and I think that scene is also like married to the to the image. I'm not sure when exactly the events transpired, but there's this moment where it's this uh, military uniform guy sitting across the table from a woman, and mm-hmm. and I forget if the woman is another prostitute. I'm not sure, uh, but I think that there's something having to because the camera focuses on that for a while. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively uh, long image, and. Um, I'm sure that there's some context context about post World War II, uh, you know, France, something or other. I have no idea though. Yeah. <laughs> there's something going on. Have you guys seen? <laughs> uh, sorry, this is too off topic. Have you guys seen that Onion video where it's like news anchors all of a sudden very interested in like Uganda or something like this? Yeah. No. Oh wait, no. No, it's how I'm. I'm worried that I sound or I, how I feel talking about this right now. It's the joke is like this. This news has all these anchors on, these pundits to talk about Ugandan politics, and no one knows anything except one person. One person knows a bunch of stuff, and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Or, like, oh, anyway, no right. one knows anything about what they're talking about. I'm not saying that's you guys. That's how I sort of feel right now. I don't know what's going on in France at this time. I don't know enough about the 60s intellectuals. I don't know. You know, I, don't, I just don't. You know, I'm, I'm a lot of things, but primarily I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I think, I think, I think uh, everyone agrees. Yeah, I'm sure everyone U- agrees. U- just ultimately, that there's this feels, an honest level of confusion, right? Yeah. yeah, this feels like more so than other movies we watch. Like usually, I'm much more confident talking about yeah. something. And like, I think I agree with Brody too. When I was when I was watching it, I had a much more overwhelming sense that I don't have when I'm watching like, you know, Bergman Swedish films or some Danish film or whatever. Where like I'm like, man, I. 
I, I really feel like something really French is going on here that I just don't get. <laughs> Am I wrong? And, you know, like, maybe... like when I watch the Danish ones, I feel like, oh, yeah, this is human. Or maybe it's just because I watch Bergman. And I just think... <laughs> like, I don't know. Watching this movie the whole time... Not the whole time, but a lot of the time I was feeling like something, yeah, something really French is happening and I don't get it. Well, maybe that could be like to some... Like it could almost like dock the movie to some into some capacity because like it is so contextualized in what is going on currently or what is going on like geographically or in both like uh it, it speaks less to the human condition as maybe great artworks should um or maybe not yeah. i don't know maybe may, maybe maybe some artworks do deserve to you know sort of live in a time period and speak to to that to that era uh, and you you can't fully understand some like the greatest pieces without contextualizing yourself with that time period. And they could also, you know, and also great artworks are a reflection of the time period greater than like actual historical facts, but the sort of ideologies and like feelings of like the general people of what was going on there. And 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 captures like history in a in a sense that raw facts can't, you know. Yeah, but what I'm worried about with that is like writing it off or something. Like, yeah, part of me wants to be like, well, I watch Bergman films from the '60s, and I don't feel like I have any of these problems. Like, it just feels like a, you know, whatever, like something I can grasp and talk about and engage with. But I feel, but Bergman is like super modern, like in the technical sense or whatever, right? In this is not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm worried about just labeling it as something like super contemporary. And I, thus, yeah. I need not worry about why I don't get it. Well, you know? yeah, that, I mean, that's that, That's why I was saying like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I didn't mean to come off as if that could only be yeah, no, I'm a sense of docket because because like that's why I said like some artworks like really are fantastic but only contextually mm-hmm. but that only like comes to bolster and it's actually like great way a great lens to view history is through art because it can can convey something about that time period that other things can't like history itself can't what well, yeah. we uh you go uh, do you, are you trying to wrap i'm trying to bring the conversation somewhere oh. else yeah, yeah that's a great idea I agree with all that, Brody, and I don't think you disagree with what I'm adding, which is that, like, it can be great within the context, or, like, you know, work can, of course, be great, and, like, the contemporary context is needed to get it, but what it's about is still, like, the grand human condition, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just that the contemporary information is, like, a barrier or something to entry, is what I'm thinking. No, I agree, I agree. So... Do you guys want to talk about the scene where she's dancing in the pool hall? I like that. That was that was I was hoping to talk about that scene. So yeah. uh, I I read a take about that scene, which is uh, Ebert's take, where he said like you know oh we're led to believe that like maybe deep down there's like a there's like a child inside there's like an actual you know person who uh, has like a soul or whatever. Mm. I didn't you know. 
Ebert really is a hack. Call me crazy. Well, I also hack. Every single Ebert take on a film I've read has just been either wrong or cringe. (laughs) So I don't consider him, you know, like oh, like this is Ebert's take. But uh, yeah, like I like I disagree with that as well. Like I didn't see that at all. Like I mean, not to uh, not to midwit, uh, you know. Not not to midwit Bugman by <laughs> this scene and be like, well, in the context of the plot, she's just trying to woo these men so that they sleep with her and give her money, which is like clearly what's going on. But like aside from that, like well, I don't uh... think she's expressing any like inner desire to be like to be to be like free and juvenile. So... Like I like I just think it's totally manufactured. Uh, okay. I think I don't. While I think it's not an exhaustive take, I don't think the Ebert take is very wrong. Uh, I have a couple reasons. Uh, one, I just want to mention the, two of the dudes, one's her pimp, and the other one I I imagined was another pimp, and that they have to do business. The other guy upstairs who buys her cigarettes is eventually the person she seduces and for a moment falls in love with, and we can talk about that. It happens yeah. afterwards, you know, for a brief moment, falls in love. Um and the uh, the pimp, one of the pimp, the the one that's not hers, the one that's not her pimp, um, does his little clown routine where he blows up the fake balloon, the mm-hmm. pantomiming blowing up the balloon, you know. And she's giggling at it; it's so funny for her. And then she says, "I wish you were, I wish you were mine, or something like that. I wish you, were, I was under you, or something like that, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then they go return talking business. Then the guy buys her a pack of cigarettes, so he's made the first move for her. The the guy playing pool. Um, and then she walks over to the thing, to the jukebox, turns on the music, then dances, of course. And I think she is trying to seduce that blonde guy. Um, and, but I think there is a childish nature to the whole thing, especially we're cued to think that because of this, her laughing at her, the, uh, the pantomime clown. Well, I think that's fake that. too. Yeah. The pantomime yeah, so, is super childish. So I like the, to me, the, the card scene, what do you call this? The, the part where it says Nana wonders whether she's happy. Yeah. Um, when she was like dancing to the jukebox, it almost seemed. I, this isn't the right word, but it's the only word that's coming to my mind is like manic in some sense. Mm. So what it reminded me of, not to get too personal, but like sometimes when my mom is like going through like a really tough time, she comes into these states where she almost seems to be like committed to having a good time like committed to being happy and that's it and uh to me that this is a little bit of projection but the like the prostitution was perhaps like maybe weighing on her weighing on her soul uh perhaps and she was really dissatisfied with the whole thing and she had this like longing for a more genuine connection and that was indicated with her trying to seduce the blonde kid and also liking the other pimp more, but also like trying to force herself to like be happy despite a terrible situation. And if she is actually like free will pilled, a, a terrible situation that she put herself in that she's responsible for. And then she, she's trying to also become responsible for her own happiness to some sense. Yeah, I also took... I like these cards and just thinking about it. I, yeah, I thought her dancing was like her 
sort of like trying on happiness or something and seeing if it fits or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the I agree with that. I mean, this comes off the back of the sort of documentary-esque montage of like prostitution being described and her looking a bit unhappy, you know, in all sorts of positions. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I figure she's pretty displeased with the situation and is like maybe trying to like cope basically you know cope and seethe and just like dancing <laughs> to maybe like oh it's okay maybe i am having fun yeah yeah and also the pool table had no pockets yeah i didn't <laughs> notice that i didn't know if it's some billiards game i don't understand it's a french thing it's a different it's a different game it's not symbolic it's just a different game <laughs> it's not symbolic it's not a symbol, <laughs> damn it's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> no no it's gotta be symbolic there's gotta be something here that dancing though, like she does seem very happy there. No, I liked it. Made no, me smile. She, no, she doesn't. No, it's totally manufactured. <laughs> dude, she's just it's, acting. It's dude. manufactured. She's just man. acting. It's manufactured. Yeah, and that's why it's actually more meta because, like, she, you know, not only she. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think she genuinely likes that guy, right? Yeah, I like one guy. I, yeah, for it sure. came across that way to me. She genuinely likes him, and then soon after that. We see them, uh, you know, talking about art and love and life and things like that, right? Literally yeah. me. I yeah. also like but that guy. Doesn't she... deep things like aliens. <laughs> yeah, but she talks to that old guy, and he's like, only if the love is true. And uh, obviously their love, like, never materializes. So I think that's kind of a cue that this love wasn't true. It was just her clinging on to the nearest thing. You know, hmm. to, so, to like the nearest really like form of like genuine relationship that like. I see. How could it not be true love if he was reading Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, I don't get it. So <laughs> I don't get it. What's, and what's the book title? Isn't it something like The Joys Oof. of Love or something? The Oeuvre. I think it was Complete Works. Complete. No, I think <laughs> complete. But I think there's the greatest hits. It's like the oval. The oval something. Is what he's reading. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it's the oval something. Yeah, the Wait, hell is it called? You, you guys no. are sure? Is it complete? Yeah, complete. It's complete, complete. It's complete no, works. That, the complete works, right? But I think that there is another cue. There's I think she's or he's about. reading from the oval portrait. I could be mistaken. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, he's, he yeah. seems to be talking I, about. I again, look fixedly at the painting. Yeah. All right, time to look up the uh, the, the lines portrait. on Google. Poetry analysis. So based. He reads Poe. The oval portrait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the right one. She really do be. $10 to you for knowing that. She's an Edgar Allan Ho. (laughs) Also. Edgar Allan Joe. (laughs) Also, also that that dancing scene lasted for a long time. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I liked it. It It seemed like a nice reprieve. Uh. I liked it until I didn't, and then it was a little like, ah, oh, <laughs> no, so sad. I, I, liked, no, I sad. liked Luigi doing the funny kid thing. I thought that was oh, funny. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was I so love I love that, too. Dude, to me, that felt really 60s. I don't know. It almost, it, like I, I had this feeling of, of like entertainment in a pre-internet era, well, something like that. Well, it wasn't 60s. It was 40s. Okay. Okay. okay it was more reminiscent of like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. So it really reminded actually, me of yeah. 1962 French parliamentary culture. 
Oh yeah, you guys know section section yeah. C three. <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually more Charles de Gaulian than. <laughs> um, this was actually supposed to be symbolizing the uh, cultural heritage brought over from Indochina. Of course, <laughs> of course naturally. The, Classic the Viet- Indochina. The singular. Vietnamese actually singular. were very avid pantomimers, and they and they were curious about balloons. It related to their ancient tribal religion, where they believed that. You know, air, expanding air was, was the uh, you know. life force. <laughs> well, the French do love to mine. Uh, a different just praise for the movie. I thought the pacing was really good. And I liked uh, all the different shots and how each scene seemed presented uh, pretty radically different from the previous one. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like the narrative was told pretty well. Uh, like, I, I, so I don't relate to the extreme. I don't know. So. You say halfway through you felt the distance dissolve, Troy, and you kind of got a little more immersed. I don't know if it dissolved. Um, it just seemed what? like interesting things started to happen. And maybe it's because I'm so small-brained that I didn't know what was going on, like, sooner. But it just seemed like towards the later half, right, like, we have the dancing. We have the, like, when she's officially a prostitute, like, it, that's interesting. The documentary it's section's so, interesting. So you didn't, the you didn't just enjoy the dialogue and, like, the interactions yeah. and things like that? What do you mean? Well, like, I really just enjoyed watching the two interact at the very beginning. And I really enjoyed just sort of, like, watching her at work. Yeah, and then yeah, I, I found, like, lots of, like, different things. I was picking up lots of different things that I found, like, engaging. The movie scene. The movie scene was pog. The movie scene and was so yeah, it was, that was that was Yeah, that was a great scene. And, like, really small things that... Of exchanges. Like... Oh, can I borrow two thousand yeah. uh, francs? Yeah. And then, or is is this person here? And she says, "Oh no, she's gone today." I was like, "Ah, oh, she owes me two thousand francs." And like, you know, that's some manipulation going on yeah. there to some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I, and you know, her like at her work, there seems to be like a distance with between like her and her job. And I was like, you know, I really felt that uh, sort of like feeling. Um, that she was feeling at her work and I thought it was shot very interestingly with the tracking shots of her walking back and forth and you know that goes to the isolation element to the whole thing um, yeah I, I don't I don't I don't I don't really get the the dis- the disconnect there I agree with pretty much all the stuff you said like I like the tracking I felt like I don't know I felt these things but I just maybe I just wasn't in the right like you know, uh, it's because you're it's because you're mad that your movie got voted out. So you you're committed yeah, you're to having a bad time. You were literally sitting there seething the my, entire time. Yeah, yeah the whole time watching, the whole time you were thinking about how you, you want to watch the movie you want to watch. This could be my last. Yeah. Movie I could be watching, really watching Bergman right now, but I'm I'm watching this. <laughs> my lack, yeah, my lack of investment was a protest against the rigged election. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. And know, also the the I, part where she was like confessing the the money. Like, like sort of stealing. Yeah, I like that. Mu- I like that a lot. I feel like that's like in the middle. I don't well, know. I'm... And also, also, on my first viewing, I was super excited. I was like, when is she like? What's this whole picture situation going to go? Is she going to get involved with somebody who's going to take a bunch of pictures of her, and it's going to be all like yeah. nefarious that he wants more out of her, and it's it kind of I was juicy to me. You just wanted to see her naked, viewing. dude. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> what is it, Booba? Booba. Yeah. 
I, I mean, Pumbaa. I mean, it def- it was like her appearance is definitely captivating to me, which is also very useful. <laughs> she's just a, she's, she's just a lookalike, dude. Good. Good. Um, based. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I found it enjoyable, just not as like. I just didn't feel the type of like usual immediate connection and like pertinency or pertinence that I feel when I'm watching, you know, a film I'm really enjoying. Well, it's just maybe you're just stupid. Like I basically only towards the end did I begin to care about her. If that maybe makes sense. Like at first I felt like I was just watching her, but didn't really like care about what was happening. Although the prostitution was maybe sad. Especially the first one. That's like a sad encounter. Yeah. The first not, one was why sad. Not the lips. Yeah. Why not the lips? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah, when she was like going like Yeah, but ugh. I didn't like that performance. Oh wow. It's a crazy uh, sad yeah. moment, but it's so weird and it just reminds me of like like more dated films where like all the acting is super over the top and like other characters don't really respond to the acting in appropriate ways or something. I don't know. I found it like I had like a I like dated that we, feeling. To I like it. that we got to watch her looking out the whole time. You know, I like that we and it looks brutal. It looks like like the way it's acted makes it an extremely brutal scenario to be in. Yeah, it's like trying to find her neck this or something is, yeah. for her lips. You know, and it's not like they don't even have to depict the sex, and yet it still just looks really brutal. Yeah, yeah. so it does look I terrible. Actually, I'm with it. I need scene clarification. Okay, so. After the montage scene, and then so she becomes a bit more of a professional about it. Yeah. Uh, it's at fifty nine, by the way. About okay. Um, the she is like interacting with some dude who I assume uh, yeah. was maybe at some point prior to the movie. She said that she recognizes him from somewhere, and then like something happens, and she's like going to like all the other rooms with all the other prostitutes. Oh. Yeah. And then what happens? Like I'm a, I'm I was confused, I, frankly. I didn't even know what happened. I, like I think he just wants a narrative level. Else. Is that in? Well, yeah, he wants that, something yeah. that she can't give him. And so she goes to other prostitutes to see if they're available to perform some kind of service. And then right. she's once he, she brings some girl in and she's like, "All right, well, so do you not need me anymore?" He's like, "I don't know," or something like this. And mm-hmm. I think she has like this look of like you know, she isn't even, you know, a desirable prostitute or something like this. Hmm. Is this Stephen? Yeah, that sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. She, defi- she definitely seemed... Capitalism, uh... it's all the same. Because <laughs> she definitely seemed, like, like more professional. Like, she seemed, like, used to what she was doing. And yeah. there was, like, it's like, all right, well, like, let's, you know, let's go, you know, kind of uh, kind of attitude about the whole thing. It seems so gross in the documentary part where they're talking about prostitution. It says, like, you know, exceptional, exceptional, exceptional women can, like, do up to, like, 30 a day or some ridiculous number. Oh, yeah. There was, yeah on holidays, it's not unheard 60. of to have up to 60. Yeah, yeah. that was Dude, insane. sounds so yeah. gross. Immediately doing the math. Yeah. Like, it's like, how yeah. fast <laughs> does each session have to be? So yeah. gross. And, like, I don't know. I don't want to, the details are gross. It's just so gross. And it almost was too gross for me to continue to, like, I don't know. Like, it, it definitely, like, soiled her in my mind. Like, in a... Soiled? You know, not totally, obviously, but... 
Mm-hmm. Just really, really gross. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just say it. You don't yeah. like Nana. Yeah. Nana, that name. Just say Nasty it. Nana. I mean, what, You're a misogynist. Is your name like straight up grandma? <laughs> like, does, does that translate in French at all? Or is that just... No, I, think it's, uh... <laughs> I don't think so. Mare is mother in French. What's Nana? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's Mamere. I mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and Raoul is not French, right? Or is it? Um... Yeah, no. Nana Nana doesn't mean anything. <laughs> okay. Be- because I I mean, like it might be slang, but like the official words, like for like it's not aunt. Because mm-hmm. aunt is tante, and you know mom is mère, and grandma's grand mère. <laughs> okay. So, is philosopher based or what? Yeah, I what liked him. Man? I liked that whole sequence. Super good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I actually good. never really thought about you know, you know brainlet take, but I never really thought much about the. Uh, like even separability between like language and thought i never really even like considered that but i really this film really opened up my eyes oh man yeah you're trying to, uh, you're trying to hide the cringe by by making a joke out of it but it looks like no, nana yeah. is, is it working no it's Girl. not working <laughs> it's not working <laughs> yeah nana just means like girl it's like slang for girl it means hun. <laughs> it means prostitute. <laughs> it means whore. It means hookah. Hookah. <laughs> I'm reading this thing. The heroine is named Nana after Zola for a reason. I don't know what Zola is, though. Oh, for oh, a reason? It's deeper. We, deeper. <laughs> we have to go deeper. Are you Zola? Yeah, I don't is know. Zola um, that, like, uh, fortune teller machine? I mean... <laughs> Emile Zola is the first thing that comes up. Emile Edouard Charles Antoine Zola was a French novelist, journalist, playwright. And after Zola's death, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Control F, Viva Savi. Yeah, he wrote he wrote a book called Nana. Emile Zola wrote a book called Nana. Uh, where uh, hmm. Nana is a novel by the French naturalist and author Emile Zola. Blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, it's about a prostitute. So. <laughs> naturalist author I'm just a natural author and let's be honest if we were French we would know that for sure yeah. <laughs> yeah. we would have had a great background in the French canon let's pat ourselves on the back here a little bit dude if I was if I was French I would this would be my favorite movie for sure <laughs> really? if I was French living Voting in 1962 movie. if I were French yeah. most French movie this if I was a French female living French in a different time seen. period this, this is, is probably the least French movie I've seen. Really? <laughs> this is <one> anti-French. <laughs> yeah, this movie was uh, completely anti-French uh, and oops. antithetical to French life. This movie was more uh, Lichtensteinian to me, you know. Well, I've seen French movies that are more French, but they feel more human than this one does. Like three. Wait. This movie is feel more blue, human. Three colors, three colors blue is super French. Although it's no. not made Murmur of the Heart is like the French movie. What is? Murmur that, that's, of the that's Heart. Pr- that's pretty French. Dude, it's, that it's pretty darn French, yeah. It's that's pretty French darn as fuck. French. 
But it's just it's just French. Yeah, just because they go to the Eiffel Tower every day. <laughs> it's just in French. I guess what's like, psychosexual, so it's French. Yeah, yeah, psychosexual <laughs> for sure. Pierre Lafeu, that's more like an Italian film, you know? It's not really French. Oh, so true. They don't even go to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I would agree there's something Italian, Italian, or maybe even just Spain, Spanish, you know? Yeah, it's more it. Mediterranean. Yeah, something Mediterranean, very Mediterranean about that, that cinema. Mediterranean cinema. Candy. Medicine. 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 <laughs> medicine. something medicinal about that film. Dude, do you watch your movies medicinally or recreationally? <laughs> 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 medicinal film. Well, well, poor Godard had no idea that in 1960-whatever, he was going to make a movie <laughs> that just gets absolutely overlooked and instead memed upon. Yeah. I yeah. feel bad, that's what by I'm saying. By, by, by some, by some American fools. young people. Goddard yeah. had no idea Goddard. that his movie would end up on YouTube in 1962. <laughs> 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 yeah. I would have never guessed that it would end up on YouTube of all <laughs> Jimmy Neutron Goddard. Let that sink. Is he like, still alive? He, he, only had like a, he only had like a thousand subscribers. Uh, yeah, I stick by the original position. I just basically feel like I don't get it. I liked it, I guess. And I feel bad. I liked I feel it, bad I guess. Let's cool. What? I mean, that means let that sink in. <laughs> I think, Troy, you need to be having more of an open mind. When oh. you're in the movies, you're watching. Okay, or not come on. This, okay, but oh. this this idea cannot actually get memed into existence. It memed into existence. It exists no. and it's being memed on. No, I <laughs> I gave this movie a super good, honest viewing, and I was clear that I was down to watch this movie. But all of a sudden, once I vote for a different one, it's as if I don't want to watch this one. All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, are we are we running dry? Should we should we do some housekeeping and maybe give some lip service to Days of Heaven. Yeah, um, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm anti. That. I'm anti that because I have not seen Days of Heaven. Uh, all right, okay. all right. Just man, shut the hell we, up then. Uh, yeah. So okay. Just let's do some. Hold on. Let's shit post. Can I do more French shit posting while you guys right. talk? Yeah, maybe at the end. Hold on. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, scores for this movie. Look, I can't. I can't add the fact that I trust it's a good. I, I trust that I could enjoy it, but right now I didn't, so You just you just didn't smoke enough cigarettes or drink enough wine. Oh. Or drink enough coffee. You didn't do a single one, I bet. Alright, I'm yeah. giving this <laughs> I'm giving this I chain smoked the entire film. I'm giving this a two point nine. Oh, that's Okay, fine, fine, fine. It'll get a three. You just shit on the movie. It'll, you it, just shit on Go It'll get a three. You shit it'll in get his a mouth. three. If you don't like that score, you're gonna be kind of gonna be disappointed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Steven. Am I, am I'm excited. No, we're going in. in the order. Steven. Wait. Oh, it's my... Okay. okay. Yeah, final uh, score. 3.6. Uh, no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Jacob? I'm giving this one a 1. 1.5. Oh. <laughs> what is it? What is this movie? Is this movie praising Satan or something? Like, Jesus, no, it's man. It's because he voted for this trash French movie. <laughs> He's just oh, mad that he no. voted for it. He, <laughs> I can't wait till we actually watch a quote-unquote evil film. And then we'll get the negative I mean, score. We've, we've watched, like, I think... I'm going to have to go back into the archive, but I think 
what? nearly every film we've watched have been, has been evil. So. Oh, oh, come wait, on. Wait, quick question. Is, wait, wait, wait. Quick question. Uh, Jacob, would you consider this movie evil? Um, It's not evil, but it's evil adjacent. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, I'm going to add that to your score. Proxima- proximally evil. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Jacob, evil, what evil movie Tangentially evil. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about Seven Continent. Uh, Piano Teacher wasn't evil. Uh, we got Lafice. Yeah. Evil or not evil? Lafice is is supremely good. Piano Teacher. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. Piano, Piano Teacher. Evil or not evil? <laughs> Halo. Lafice has got Halo. I, I didn't watch that. You didn't see the Piano Teacher? Oh, I thought you said Halo. No, Piano Teacher. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, no. Piano Teacher was not evil. Okay, and then you haven't been here for the other two podcasts. Yeah. But you Listen, did watch Heaven Continent and called it evil. That is true. Let the record show. Let the All record right. show. All right. John? Uh, 3.4. Okay. Based. And Brody? I'm giving this a three, hot 3.5. It's, right. it, it, misses, it misses the um, like fantastic must-see category, uh, but very enjoyable. Especially, mm-hmm. especially, especially it's noir. It's pleasant. Yeah. What? Steven? Especially if you. This movie is for the refined man that wants to enjoy a French, a French woman. Yeah. If you like <laughs> French cuties, if you like French cuties, this movie's for you. This will be a five for you. No, it'll be a three point five. Yeah, it'll be a three point. Yeah, that's right. You'll get you, if you like, like French cuties, you'll think exactly the same as me. This movie's score would increase, like if you watched it on like a Sunday morning while like doing dishes, and it was just on like on the TV. <laughs> and and you're married, and you have a loving family. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, okay. Nah, nah. All right. Housekeeping. Um, should we talk just a little bit about Days of Heaven? Yeah, sure. Although right. it's been a while since I've seen it. It's been a while. Easily worst movie ever. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, I don't know about that, but okay, I'll tell you what, I liked it a lot more than this movie. When I didn't like it very much. Okay, okay. Wait. You like that? You like Days of Heaven way more than this movie. Dude, at least I care about the people in Days of Heaven and like. Bro, so that means dude. that means, dude, take back your three. Fucking knock that down. No, Days of Heaven is gonna get like a three point one, dude. Oh, oh my god, dude. it's just you're, barely better. The, you're, I'm I'm feeling bad about your scores. No, Days of Heaven right. didn't like very much. Liked it more than this one. Uh. Yeah, I I suppose we probably should be brief, to avoid, another hour of whatever, but. I don't know, let me do whatever you want, but I wish I could <laughs> easily recall all my incisive critiques that really just tear down the structure of that film. But really, uh just didn't love it. The I don't know, I just didn't really care for it too much. It seemed like, you know, some things were interesting, and I particularly recall the music being offensive. <laughs> offensive yeah, yeah like I, I all of a sudden it, yeah. like some crazy epic music would start playing like it just felt super shoehorned super it just didn't fit like it, it seemed like the music was trying to do the work rather than like accompany the film or something i don't know and uh damn yeah i don't that know it, 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 yeah hanukkah hanukkah simp straight I, up bro i i thought days of heaven you know I, it was not extremely enjoyable i thought it was pretty good uh 
uh, are we giving ratings already? Did you or do you count your three point one as your rating? Are we doing ratings or something else? No, uh, I figure we chat about it for a little bit. Talking but I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll do, how long do we think we want to talk about it? Should we just well, have brief sentences, like brief commentary, and then a score? Well, I'm mostly concerned because uh, Jacob, you know, Jacob hasn't seen it and voted oh, yeah. against this, so I don't want to like. Yeah, we. It. I think we should be pretty brief and score. That's my instinct. But if someone okay. wants yeah, to go we'll off, keep, it, keep it, we'll keep it brief then. Okay. Um, we could we could have a bit of like if you say if someone says something interesting like just respond. Okay, I will give it a three point five. Okay. Days of heaven. Oh, okay. It was extremely beautiful. I hope we can all agree about that. Yeah, very for sure. Movie, yes, least, definitely. Right? Yes. Um, now I can see what French you mean about the music, it, so but I actually don't. I don't think the music. Uh, I don't hold that against it. Um, I definitely did detect the music, especially coming after coming out of all of these like uh, you know quieter or understated movies, you know, mm-hmm. where they don't bother with the cinematic score like that. Um, but at least you knew what you were getting into as soon as those opening credits rolled. And so I just kind of put it out of my mind from then on. Like, okay, this is what we're watching. We're watching a movie that's going to have music like this. Because I think the opening shot has, like, some super uh, memorable, like... Yeah. Like, it almost sounds yeah. very pottery, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, I as soon as that happened, I kind of accepted that and went with the movie and i think the opening shot was great it was it looked so like hot and shitty you know, he's <laughs> yeah in this, he's in this like cold yeah. place you know and it's so loud i thought yeah. that was good they accomplished that well uh i think it i think it just pitters out after he leaves and you have their romance now i enjoyed that part in the sense that i was able to enjoy it pitters out like 10 minutes in that was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no 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 when like, he leaves yeah. No, it's halfway halfway through. Like ha- like when he he leaves the no, farm. No, not when he leaves the oh, factory. Oh, when he leaves the farm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I thought when he leaves no, the like, factory. Like, that's like the first scene. When he leaves the factory <laughs> in the same shot. Dude, it was no, awesome. No. That first scene was awesome. But it really started to go downhill after <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, when he, when he left the farm, I just think uh, I didn't feel as attached to her conflicted feelings with the uh, farm, with the farm owner um and you know in the end of the other guy like i didn't uh i didn't really feel the tension in her mind although i still thought it was enjoyable and i could i still knew that i was supposed to see the tension in her and i thought the plot was pretty engaging i thought the uh the burning of the wheat farm was like really good yeah. that was a really cool scene and they played music there and i liked it um it looked like hell it looked really bad yeah like, it looked yeah. like she was really coming apart yeah um and yeah ultimately fine I thought it was a fine movie. Very pretty. Big surprise. Malik makes a pretty good movie that's definitely pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Look, but kind agree. of incoherent. Looks good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have more to say about Brody. Go. Oh, I thought Tanner saw it. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. Um, I, I think also 3.4. I, I really think I need to see it again to... Uh, form more opinion on it but i remember there being two times and steven just mentioned both of them the the coal the opening coal scene and uh when the what are they crickets or something are, are invading and the they light up mm. the whole place both both of those scenes i remember feeling super overwhelmed and uh i i i liked that about it and then i also I think Troy knows this. I I really think 
the girl is very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> like extremely attractive. I'll leave, really? I'll leave that there. All right. I enjoy it. I think I'm I, on I think that you recall team. you putting her at number one. Yeah, she might. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm I mean. I mean, what about we can't? Just worth mentioning, you know, Liv. You know, she might be yeah, listening. Yeah, she's yeah. still alive. Liv Ullman. I mean, so, she's no, not even she's, close. Like, she's this, no. She's no. An, she's no Anna Karina. I mean, she was. <laughs> she was good looking, but she's I mean, no hooker. This she woman's blows like good to Anna the bone. Out of the water. Tanner, I am, <laughs> I am so on board with your enjoyment of the women in Days of Heaven. Yeah. I totally agree. I think about halfway through it hit me how attractive she was. But she she does have this like covetous quality in the sense like I want to covet her. <laughs> I, want to, <laughs> I, want, I want her for myself. It's the like, marriage. No one, uh, no the, mar- <laughs> the, uh, the wedding scene. Yeah. Do you know what I'm uh, talking about? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. She... Yeah, I'm on board with it as well. Dude, she kind of reminds me. I of... don't, dude. I, don't, I mean, I don't get it. I <laughs> mean, I, I, I definitely thought she's attractive, but this, this, dude, this is over. This got, is over. You gotta look, look, well, look. I just want to say, I'm not gonna say she's number one or anything. I just think she is very attractive. And do you think she was in, more attractive than Anna Karina in this movie? No. What? Do you think she's more attractive than this movie, Anna Karina? Uh, not physically so but there's a quality of okay. mommy yeah. nature or right. like, i could i could I actually got, imagine uh, myself with this one I, yeah I got it, it's I got about it. it's about the you know what's on the inside bro like Liv allman is a million times hotter than anna karina uh because <laughs> of the character dude all right well all right i'll i'll do my uh thoughts so i was basically just bored most of the movie <laughs> <laughs> No hot um, girl for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you're at. I and then and then like I was actually feeling bad about being bored, and I thought to myself, <laughs> I thought to myself, dude, I'm not getting it. So after the after I was done watching the uh, the film, I was like looking up, you know, some sort of adjacent readings, and I somebody pointed out that it was like basically. A biblical story that I don't remember which one it was anymore, but it was like it followed it like very precisely, um, and then that almost made me feel like really like you you're not even telling anything like that original. Like I love biblical <laughs> stories, I love biblical stories and like things like that. Like, really, <laughs> but but like you know if like analysis of the movie would end up just being like biblical analysis with the adjacent like talking about how things were filmed and uh like i give it like a maybe a i don't know like a 2.8 something Ooh, like that I, I cannot wait for us to watch something like temptate like uh, last temptation or whatever and you're gonna be like really <laughs> it's not come on it's not even original we're just gonna talk about how it's filmed well i <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't want to stress originality too much well, just last podcast, know, that, you, you're on the record of saying that you're a big time simp for Christ allegory. Or I do. I I am, and but but Christ al- Christ allegory and Christ um, uh, what's the word? Retelling. When you copy something, <laughs> yeah, retelling is different. It's different. Days of Heaven is yeah. is so similar to Badlands. Have you seen? Have you guys seen that one? I haven't seen it. Like I saw I it like when he, the Badlands chugs. 
You drink stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see you drink a lot of stuff. Yeah, I drink the ocean, yo. You see that one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like yeah, Badlands uh, a lot, and it feels like he maybe thought that he left some things out in Badlands and then made Days of Heaven. Um, I don't really know what it is that he's trying to do, but... Yeah, I just felt like a little confused watching it, and it felt like it was confused on what... Like, is it... Is it this kind of meditative, beautiful film, or is it like a Hollywood, you know, drama, or is it? I don't know. I felt like it was yeah, and the ending's kind of weird. <laughs> the ending to me felt the best. Oh, it enraged out of all of It made me so upset. Really? Stupid idiot girl. Stupid idiot girl. Stupid idiot girl should have stayed in that really nice place because she's literally (laughs) just like throwing herself back into like unaccompanied poverty. Um, based? No, not based, dude. What a Uh, a dumb. Yeah, attractive. What a dumb nine year old or whatever she is. She's older than nine. She should know better. Yeah, I thought that was stupid. It just showed like a complete. It just made me hate the character. That's it. It's like, yeah. have you not been looking around oh, for the past couple years? Like, you, what are you doing? <laughs> you've just reminded me of the worst quality of the movie, and that is the young child's narration. voiceover yeah, narration. So I don't like. It I at just all. did not want that. Yeah, it was you know, annoying. It, it could be delivered just by a different person, maybe. Yeah. I just Uncle didn't like Tom the and I her, her weird, like, yeah, Brooklyn, like, yeah, I and like her, like, kind of broken vernacular. And my brother. Well, <laughs> I'm, so glad, I'm so glad we're not. We didn't trash. We didn't absolutely maim Vira Savi like we're destroying. Yeah, this is. Days yeah, we're totally just not giving it its due, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's really oh, fun, dude. The the yeah. woman, the main All woman, right. kind of reminds me of um the female character who is Vin Diesel's sister in the Fast and Furious series. This seems relevant. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Uh, no. It's super spot no. on if you knew, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Alright. Is that it? Is that it? Well. Alright, what are we watching next week? I'll have to vote. <clears throat> Dude, yeah. these elections are rigged. Well, to quote you, you said No, I take it back. Okay. Don't do it. Okay. I was just kidding. I was just acting like a sore loser. I'm not actually one. No, I was going to say, you <laughs> said, we'll watch one of them this week, and then the next one that didn't get voted for the next week. Yeah, yeah but I said that after time. I'd already lost. So. <laughs> this is... This is... The podcast should end. This is getting... Okay. Suicide okay. baseball. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, All right. <laughs> talk to you next week. Godard, if you're out there. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Godard. Yeah. Godard. Right, bye. Bye.